Welcome to Food and Wine with Chef Jamie Gwen. Celebrate food and life by learning about the culinary scene around the world. Speaking with chefs, artists and food makers, farmers, authors and tastemakers who are passionate about everything delicious. A very good weekend to you food lovers. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. Take a dip with me into the world of all things food, won't you? Happy spring to you. This show is dedicated to food lovers. If you love to cook or love to eat, I like to say we should definitely be friends. And every week, if you tune in, it is the easiest way to get your quick fix of culinary entertainment. I'm loading your plate with ideas and recipes, tips, experiences, indulgences, inspiration, and more. Things that are easy to make, but hard not to love. And whether you're using loaded fresh ingredients and throwing in some of the primo prepared stuff to make it fast and easy, I'm all for that. Food of every shape and form. And if you have adventurous taste, well, then this show is for you because I am here to spice up your life and you can thank me later. I'm always serving up seconds at the all-new ChefJamie.com, and I hope you'll become a friend and a fan on social media at ChefJamieGwen. And please do stay tuned for the full hour, because there is a gentleman, and I mean that most literally, who is an extraordinary expert, who is the most knowledgeable in his field and of his craft, and I am so proud to call him my friend. He is a true cheese master, in fact, one of the youngest in the world. His name is Afram Pristine, and if you love the creamy stuff or the tangy stuff, if you like it sliced on a sandwich or crumbled over tacos, if you love a cheese board more than anyone else you know, and you want to elevate your cheese knowledge... Afram Pristine will be in your radio this hour, and we are digging deep on cheese. And you wouldn't want to miss it because anyone who loves cheese is a friend of mine and a friend of Afram's for sure. But first, I like to kick off this show with a tutorial of sorts, one to make you the best cook you know. And since spring is here, I think you should give peas a chance. Did you know that peas are actually a fruit? And if you've ever eaten a freshly picked raw green pea, you will agree they are fruit of the vine. I have this very distinct memory of sitting in, and yes, I remember this this far back, of sitting in the grocery cart as my mom pushed it in the grocery store when I was a little girl and eating fresh peas out of their, you know, little holder of sorts, right? Fresh peas peas that were so sweet and so delicious that I have always had a love of peas. Peas were actually greatly popular in 17th century England going way back. The home of the unfortunate mushy peas served with fish and chips, right? Um, Thankfully, uh, the English also discovered that fresh spring peas taste wonderful by themselves. Um, Early settlers brought them to America and Thomas Jefferson was entranced by peas. He reportedly grew more than 30 different types of peas, and the humble pea has made its way into almost every cuisine around the world. Now, California sugar snaps and California snow peas, 
Those are available now and they're beautiful. And the pea pods that I spoke about eating in the grocery cart, um, those are often available almost year round now. You just have to find them. But the spring, that cool weather at night and the warmer weather during the day as we amp up for summer makes for the sweetest peas. So now is the time. Now, they're packed with fiber and protein. They're really low in calories. They're high in calcium and iron and lysine. And if you grind them, which we see a lot of today, they are an alternative flour for pastas and pizza crusts and more. And then, of course, there's the frozen and the canned and the dried. I happen to like my dried peas coated in wasabi powder. Thank you. Um, But frozen peas have come a long way as well. IQF are individually quick frozen, right? And when it comes to dried, green, yellow, red, orange... Uh, you'll find peas of every kind and style. My mother makes the best split pea soup ever. But I think fresh peas are just so delicious. Uh, Back to split pea soup. I think if you know California, you remember Anderson's, right? The windmill restaurant in the Santa Inez Valley that became known as split pea soup haven, right? It was the home of. And it still operates today, in fact. Um, But I just got asked, because I think I had mentioned my mom's split pea soup on the radio of late. I just got asked for the best recipe for a split pea soup. And it's posted at chefjamie.com. And it starts with dried split peas, any color. And you could use chicken stock for full fabulous flavor or vegetable stock. uh, Because Emeril Lagasse, who I've had the privilege of working for and with for a lot, a lot of years, taught me that water has zero flavor. You've got celery, carrots, sweet onion, a bay leaf, maybe fresh thyme sprig, um, maybe a few shakes of dried red pepper flakes and grinds of black pepper. And then to add smoky, rich, good flavor, a smoked ham hock or smoked bacon goes into the pot. And it's like the super simplest way to make soup. You can put it on top of the stove or in the slow cooker all day and you just simmer it away, right? And then you use an immersion blender or your traditional blender to blend that soup up. I add a dollop of sweet butter at the end, yes, and blend it in just because it adds to the mouthfeel. And even those who profess to hate peas, love split pea soup. Now, I mention it because I'm hoping that you're still listening, of course, because fresh peas are sort of like cilantro. Like to many, they say, oh, okay. And then to the rest, they say, oh, no, never. And fresh peas are so super sweet that if you buy them at the farmer's market or you get them from Melissa's Produce, you should really use them as quick as possible. I like to roast them, preferably in my air fryer, because air fried vegetables have put roasted vegetables to shame, really. Who wants to fire up the oven? If you have an air fryer, please, eight minutes at 425 degrees makes almost any vegetable taste absolutely scrumptious. But I like snow peas and fresh peas raw as well, like in a salad or thrown into um, cold noodles. I'll tell you the classic pasta carbonara when it comes to hot dishes requires fresh peas during the season. You start with a dash of olive oil, right? You do pancetta. 
you bring a large pot of salted water to a boil and you boil that linguine till al dente. And then you beat together a few eggs and you add in an extra egg yolk for good measure and uh, parmigiano or romano cheese. And then to that hot linguine or whatever pasta you so choose, you stir in that egg cheese mixture, right? And then the peas go in last because I think that they offer this textural contrast, which is just so beautiful. And nothing screams carbonara with peas as much as spring does. You can quickly stir fry peas or snow peas or snap peas as well. I like garlic, ginger, fresh mint leaves, a dash of dark sesame oil. You could always toss in chicken or beef or shrimp or otherwise, and you have like the ultimate delicious dinner dish. And then if you want to make it vegetarian... I like cubes of creamy tofu stir fried in there and like a spoonful of either oyster sauce or chili sauce. Um, And it's interesting to note that you'll find peas in every culinary culture, right? Indian curries, Italian pastas, savory American beef stews, Chinese stir fries. So please give peas a chance, will you? You'll find pea inspiration lots of fresh pea and dried peas inspiration at chefjamie.com. So please check it out. Okay. It's time for food news this week. This is some news you can use and it does make for very good dinner party conversation. So there is a crazy trend going on for gold wine glasses. Yes. Based on the current season of Netflix's top show, Love is Blind, they drink a lot of wine, but everyone is crazy for the gold wine glasses. And if you want to feel like a reality TV star yourself, synonymous with the dating show, in fact, you can find gold metal wine glasses on Amazon and more. The signature glasses as seen on the show can hold 18 ounces of wine, which is over half a bottle. Oh yes, it's so blingy and so fabulous. Bring it on. All right, when we come back, oh, he's definitely gilding the industry. I should say that. Afram Pristine, cheese master, dishing on all the good stuff that is cheese in your radio right after this chef jamie gwen don't go Because a meal is a terrible thing to waste. Welcome back, Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio and we're dishing. Did you know that a tourophile is a connoisseur of cheese? That's a fabulous new word to throw out at a dinner party, right? Well, allow me to introduce you to the grandest, most knowledgeable and extraordinary tourophile that I know. Cheese master Afram Pristine is Canada's premier cheese expert with over 25 years of experience in the art of cheese making. 
He has studied with some of the greatest cheesemakers, and his passion and commitment stems from his father and family business of 52 years, The Cheese Boutique. He is the co-owner alongside his brother. He is also the host of Food Network Canada's first ever docu-series, Cheese, A Love Story. It is six one-hour episodes that I just binge-watched, and I'll tell you, it was picked up by Hulu here in the U.S., and you should see it. His first cookbook, entitled For the Love of Cheese, is a bestseller. He's currently working on his second book, and I can't wait to see it. And he is one of the world's youngest maître fromagers. It is an honor that is bestowed by the International des Fromagers. He's the only Canadian to receive the title. It is an extraordinary acknowledgement. And Afram is everywhere on TV and the radio and at every big food event. And I am very proud to be by his side. He is a tremendous teacher, a fine friend, and I'm proud to call him my comrade. I'm also embarrassed to tell you it is the first time he has graced this show, and it will not be the last, ladies and gentlemen, to get the lowdown from the Grand Master on Cheese. Please meet Afram Pristine. Hello, my friend. Oh, Jamie, you are just... I'm going to hire you as my public relations. I think all of that was accurate. (laughs) That was perfect. No, no, you (laughs) couldn't have... I couldn't have done it better. I want to take yeah. a step back for those that don't know yeah. you, Afram Pristine, yeah. because you're becoming a household name and deservedly so. You have a really quite extraordinary background, in my opinion, because you had a love of history and learning, yeah. and it really in turn propelled your cheese knowledge. Yes, it's a family business. Yes, you came up in it. But I find it very fascinating that your historian side has nurtured your cheese knowledge. Well, it, I, I appreciate that. Look, I, I always, like, growing up, like, we, we've had the Cheese Boutique uh, since 1970. Uh, wow. You know, we're 53 years this coming June. That's and my crazy. grandfather and father started the business on, like, a tiny loan from the Bank of Canada. And, you know, they, they came here from, from different parts of Europe. But, like, we, we are that very much, like, my family are that t- typical North American immigrant story. With a suitcase and a dream, we came to Toronto. And, and uh, you know, so growing up in the business, like, cheese was, like, like I was wrapped around it, right? Like at the dining room table, mom and dad were talking about it. And, you know, growing up, I, you know, I'm running around the store. And, like, I, I learned very early that money doesn't grow on trees. And I learned very early that, like, cheese gave my family everything and, like, gave my family the opportunity to do anything, okay? So to come back to kind of what you're saying with, like, my background, I I never was like like cheese boutique was never rammed down my throat from my parents. It was a job when I wanted it and when I needed it. And and you know, I just like really grew an appreciation. I always like you mentioned, I always loved history. I love it. I still to to this day. So for me, I get to now really like balance my passions where I love history, I love food, I love cheese, and they are so intertwined. Yes. Right. And like sure. when you go to Europe, when you go to a place like Greece, Jamie, mm. like feta, feta, it is like the most it's more important than water. Yes, in, it, in Greece. Yes, it it's, is. 
it's the first thing people it's like the first thing Greeks put in their mouths in the day like it's it's pretty incredible but like why is that the case right like that's what my show's about right yeah. cheese a love story is about cheese and culture and history and and all of that so history mm. and cheese are one and the same for and they you, really sure. follow similar paths yeah. yeah definitely so i'll tell you when you say greece if we were to do a uh, region or a, you know a location a country choice and then pair the first thing that came to mind on the topic of cheese with right. that destination when you right. say Greece I think feta of course but I will never forget the halloumi that was yeah. wrapped like in aluminum foil as we were walking through the old streets of Greece in just with the sun shining and this like chewy, caramelized, salty, delicious cheese. And the first experience I ever had with halloumi, it's so interesting. Like you say that how history is so entwined. I can tell you I had figs with, um, it had to be a triple cream in Italy that I will never forget in Sorrento. Well, like a cheese... It's such a nostalgic food, right? So, like, even, like, I, you know, I grew up with Kraft Singles, too. Like, I grew up with, like, some processed cheese around the house. And, and, and even to this day, when people say, oh, I like, yeah, you know, Velveeta or what, I, I like that. Because, you know what, it tells me that cheese was in your DNA as from you when you were a child. Then it's someone like myself, Jamie, who really, like, like, I sell cheese for a living, right? It's my job to expose people to products they haven't had before. And, like, cheese is something every culture around the world eats. In the Philippines, in Peru. Yes, everyone knows that in Greece and Switzerland and Italy and France, these, like, cheese iconic superpowers, like, for sure. But, like, in Australia, there's amazing cheese. People don't know of the cheese in the United States. Like, beyond just Wisconsin, the stuff in Vermont and California... It's exciting. Cheese is an exciting food. Look, you remember a piece of cheese you ate uh, however many years ago. You'll never forget that memory. And cheese does that. It does. I agree with you. You have the most beautiful fire in your belly for cheese and it it comes yeah. through it's why yeah. it's why everybody wants you to share cheese from the stage and develop dishes that are cheese centric and i mean I, I think that's like deeply rooted in you and you might say that your family didn't force your hand but they definitely insti- they, they lit the fire right your no, father sure. yes. your father yes. definitely had that yeah. Um, And you have grown the business, a testament to your family loyalty and legacy. You have grown the business beautifully. Afram, if you would please pause there. We love learning about your life in cheese and I want it to continue. So we'll take a quick break when we come back more with cheese master Afram Pristine, my sweet friend, the gentleman of cheese right after this. Don't go away.
Welcome back. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. Afram Pristine is here, the truest connoisseur, a cheese master, in fact, Canada's beloved. You know him from Food Network Canada, his Hulu show, his best-selling book. And we're digging deep on cheese and what could be better than that. When I did my research on Cheese Boutique uh, in Toronto, people will say, like, it's nothing like it used to look. Yeah. It has this, and uh, there are, um, if I'm not mistaken, there are prosciutto hanging from the ceiling, and oh, yeah. uh, you're dry aging beef, and you have different terroirs of olive oil, and there's hundreds of bottles of beautiful jams and green walnuts, and I mean, all this fabulous stuff. And that is the fact that progression and new generations do elevate a business that's still steeped in history. So you're, that's you're glorious. Good, no, you but that's are, that's glorious oh, part that. of it. Yeah, 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 thank you. And, and, you know, like what you're saying is really poetry to my ears. And, and look, uh, you know, we're, we're 53 years. Still to this day, uh, we run it like my dad and my grandfather did, where, look, this business, Jamie, actually is really simple. It's about three things. It's about good service, it's about good product, and it's about just loving what you do. And those three things have been really instilled in my brothers and I and my sister-in-law and my niece and my nephew. You met my nephew at the show. And, like, all these amazing things. And I'm very blessed to, like, work alongside my family, one, but I'm very blessed to literally be surrounded by the best cheese on the planet, by the best food on the planet. Yeah. Beyond, like, it, it, a new customer uh, who comes into my store and they see the name Cheese Boutique, we're, we're 15,000 square foot of a, of a food shop, right? Wow. I, I would say we're almost like a mix, like, to familiarize what we do with kind of some U.S. brands, we're almost a mix of, like, a Dean and DeLuca quality with, like, a Zabar's oh. kind of vibe. Yeah. Where, like, we, we are not pretentious by, like, at all, right? Like, we have fun caricatures of, like, me hanging up in the store. Mm-hmm. Like, I have photos of Batman and Iron Man hanging around the store. We are a store for families. We are a store for the best chefs in the world and literally everything in between. It's amazing. That's And, yeah. and that's what's so real about you and one of the reasons I adore you all right can we talk cheese please yeah let's do it all right first of all i would like a virtual tour me and my few friends listening um we would love a virtual tour of your cheese cave because you are more so a cheese monger than a cheese maker yeah yes yeah so my training is um more like i i studied with the best cheese makers in the world but the best affineurs so a cheese affineur is a French term for literally someone who ages cheese. That is the one word that describes what I do. We give the platform. So we've created environments. We've created climates for certain cheeses to age, whether it's a, 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 a triple cream from Burgundy or an aged Gouda from Holland, or a Manchego from Spain. All these cheeses that we have, we've created aging rooms for them. Because something very important that, to be honest, not a lot of people understand is a cheese has to be made properly, no question. It's very important. Good quality milk, 
good technique, all that stuff. But it needs love and care, and it needs maintenance. Kind of like wine. Exactly like wine. This is why wine and cheese are the perfect food and alcohol pairing, in my opinion, because they live a similar life. Wine is grapes that are fermented, okay, just to, like, simplify it. And cheese is milk that's fermented. They're simple ingredients, but the simplicity is what really makes it, like, difficult to produce something extraordinary. And, like, here at the store, that's what we're doing. Like, we have, I want to say... 3,000 square foot of aging space, okay? It's a big, 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 like, mansion of a home dedicated to aging different styles of cheese. And, like, and and I wish I could take you in there right now, but, like, we have, like, you know, Parmigiano Reggiano's. I could serve you a 3-year-old, a 5-year-old, and a 10-year-old right now in my store because we age them for that long. And that's that's, that's kind of like a rare. that's very rare and kind of like a very yeah. rare scotch tasting, right? Like totally. when yes. you when McAllen puts down the leather placemat and yeah. the rings where the glasses sit are all marked with five year, ten year, twelve year, five year, seven year, ten year, twelve year, twenty, twenty five, yeah. thirty five, fifty, right? And to be able to relate that to cheese, that's spectacular to me. Well, it, it's totally spectacular, and I think, Jamie, you really, when you do a flight like that and you do a tasting flight like that, you really understand what aging and care and love do to yes. achieve maintenance. Because a 3-year-old Parmigiano Reggiano, for example, and a 10-year-old Parmigiano Reggiano, for me, the 10-year isn't better than the 3-year. They're now two completely different things right? Mm. Those scotches you're talking about, a 50-year-old McAllen and a 25-year-old McAllen are two completely different things. It's different strokes for different folks. And for me, I mean, that's kind of my job is to really give my clients the best cheese experience possible. Yes. And, and you know, one for their palates, though. One for their, like, that's what, when you and I have sat down to talk food, that's what I think you and I have very much in common, right? Like if I said to you, I'm looking for an aged Parmesan, you're going to ask me, what are yes. you using it for? What is, totally. do, what do you like? What's your palate? Just like if we were to order a bottle of wine, right? You're a big, bold red guy, or I'm a peppery Pinot Noir girl, whatever it is, it's catered toward what each individual likes, and that's what you do in cheese, right? That's why a three-year and a 10-year are both fabulous. And to some, they might like the 12-year Macallan over the 35 right. because the flavor profile is different. So, well, I totally applaud you for that, Jamie, because I think that's actually a very um, rare uh, outlook on cheese because it, it it's one of those things that people think that, uh, you know, because this is what I do for a living. This is literally what I've done since I was a child, that that my palate's better than, than yours. And it's like, no, like, that's not it at all. My palate is just simply a bit more trained. And, like, uh, I've I've tried a few more cheeses that, than my clients, but my palate is no better. I'm not going to tell someone, oh, you have to like this. Right. I hate that attitude. Like, yeah. it bothers me. Yeah. I am one to... Here's 20 cheeses. You tell me what you like. Right. And, and if you like and then, this and that, oh, my gosh, yes. you're really going to love this. Yes. 
Yes. Yes. And that's yeah. what uh, what I'm good at and my staff and my family. Like for us, it's it's like we want to make you happy. We want to make we want to give you the mm. best cheese experience of your life. Mm. And sometimes it may just be seven different kinds of cheddar in seven different ages. God bless. Right. I love it. Great. For me, that's just that's my role. Is there is to like yeah. Is there cheese at every meal at your family table? I imagine there is. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but like it's so easy to do that, right? Like you start off with a burrata salad. Like mm-hmm. you've seen me make yeah, before. Yeah, I love that. A burrata and oh, fresh peas with the peas. And like oh. Mint mint and basil and like uh aged balsamic vinegar. So Simple. you start off a night like that. Right. Then you go into a lasagna. You go into your pastas, like right. all those things, pizzas, whatever, all those like scream for cheese, yes. right? And then dessert, give me a blue cheese with some honeycomb and dark chocolate, and let's call it a day. Okay. Right? It's very yeah. easy to have cheese in, in every course of your meal. And like even for the people listening, if you're vegan, no problem. There's very good vegan cheeses coming out right now. Mm. If you're lactose intolerant, no problem. Beamster and Gouda and Gruyers are all lactose-free. There is a cheese wow. for everyone Beamster is? Beamsters, Goudas, Gruyers, and AIDS Cheddars okay. are all lactose-free. 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 Okay. Lactose-free. I, so I did not know that, just for the record. <laughs> I'm I'm making it my mission, okay? So for any of the, any of the listeners here, if you're lactose intolerant, go with those four cheeses. Um, I would like you to tell us how to store that Parmigiano wedge, please. No problem. Okay, don't go away. When we come back, he is the most beloved of Canada, the truest cheese master, Afram Pristine. But let me tell you, the U.S. loves him. And if you haven't been to the Cheese Boutique in Toronto, you should book your flight now just for the sheer experience of it. And if you haven't read his book or watched his television show, you're missing out. I'm proud to call him my friend. He is Afram Pristine. He is in your radio. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Okay, we're back and we're dishing with one of the world's youngest maître fromagers. Maître fromager, what a title, right? Yes, he is an absolute brilliant cheese genius, I'll call him. He is Afram Pristine, and he is Canada's premier cheese expert. You know him from Canada Food Network. You know him from For the Love of Cheese, his best-selling cookbook with a second on the way, and his docu-series on cheese called Cheese, a Love Story was just picked up by Hulu in the U.S., so don't miss it. Okay, Afram, my, my wedge of Parmigiano. Yeah, yeah. In a drawer? So, yeah. Wrapped? Yeah. Do so, tell us. Okay, let's talk about it. Okay. So, you, so you have a, a, your fridge, and everyone's fridge is the same. They have that little crisper. Yes. That's like, uh, you know, we use for fruits and vegetables or uh-huh. sometimes not. Let's dedicate one of those. 
To cheese? To cheese. I'm all in. Yeah. All in. Because because that little drawer, right, it, it's weird, but it's true. It's its own little environment, right? So that is like a <laughs> box within a bigger box. Right. It's like There's its own little no, microclimate. Totally. Yeah. There's no fan, but there's no fan in that little box. So keeping cheese in there, you're not drying it out as quick as you would the rest of your fridge because the rest of your fridge is cooled by a fan. Right. So that's one thing. Okay. okay? The next is how do we store it? How do we wrap it? This is literally, I get asked this a hundred times a day. A hundred and fifty. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No saran wrap. Okay. No. No saran wrap. No, it has to breathe. Right. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Saran wrap is fine if it's like a day or two. But you'll notice after time, after a week, two weeks, three weeks, your cheese will taste like your fridge. Your fridge will taste like your cheese. Yeah. We don't want that. No. Tupperware and Ziploc bags, right? It's like putting a bag over your head. You're going to suffocate yourself. You ain't going to do so well. So let's not do that to cheese, right? Okay. If you put a piece of Parmigiano or whatever, cheddar, whatever it is, in a Ziploc bag, it's going to emit moisture. That's kind of the nature of the beast. There's a a moisture coming out of the cheese. That moisture is going to collect in this bag. It's not going to be able to be released. And then your cheese is sitting in like cheese sweat. Yep. And it's going to get it all like funky. It's going to go moldy very quickly. Yes. The best way, and these are like household little, uh, this is like a household cheese hack. I'm going to teach you. It's very easy. Parchment paper. Yes. So one one layer of parchment paper. Okay. And on top of that, one layer of tin foil. Tin foil? Tin, tin foil. But you need the parchment paper under it. Okay. This allows the cheese to breathe. This allows the cheese, it's not exposed to the air in your fridge. The moisture can release. It's the best way to keep cheese. Oh and my if you gosh. do that you heard and, you change, and you change, the, I, I'm going to trademark this little trick because it's so easy. <laughs> I think but you like, should. If, if you do that and you change your cheese like, and, and you change the parchment and the tinfoil, I don't know, every four or five days, you can have that Parmigiano Reggiano keep uh, going in your fridge like honestly three four weeks no problem wow. no problem okay it's i the know the, way. i've heard the parchment paper before because the cheese has to yeah. breathe but i've never attempted the aluminum foil and essentially what you have is the cheese is breathing its own goodness right and yes. it, and then it's yes. encapsulated in there so it doesn't breathe anything else yeah and you're storing now, it at the, the optimum Play in the optimum place. In, in, the, optimum. in the crisper. I, yes. Yeah, I, I forgot to mention. So all that goes in the crisper. Way, in your crisper right. is the best. Every way. kind this of cheese. A, look, I'm generalizing. Almost. This is the thing. Okay. I'm going to answer that question in a different way. When you're going to buy cheese, okay, wherever it is you're going, okay, whatever store, Costco, whatever, okay. Now, buy, buy what you need, right? This is the thing. People get excited when they go to a nice cheese shop. I get it. I've seen it a million times. But this is where I tell the customer, don't buy, like, one-pound pieces. Buy, buy uh, a quarter pound. Buy three or four different ones. Mm-hmm. Consume them. Go buy others. Buy, don't, don't try and, like, store and age cheese in your fridge. 
This is our job as cheesemongers. <laughs> buy what you need, buy it more frequently, Smart. and buy it so it's fresh is always, always kind of the, the best the way. Best to do way. It. Of course. Next time you are in Toronto, there are more than 500 cheese selections at the Cheese Boutique. Um, it is the original retailer. Um, with a cheese vault and some of the oldest wheels in North America. But more importantly, there is Afram Pristine at the helm. And you don't want to miss it. In the interim, before you travel to Toronto, you can watch on Hulu, Cheese, A Love Story. Uh, it is a docu-series led by Afram. It is uh, addictively fabulous to watch. And you Thank can you. get your hands on For the Love of Cheese, which was released in 2018 but still remains a bestseller. It is Afram's first cookbook, and there is more on the way. Now, you must follow, too, please, uh, on social at cheese underscore boutique and at Afram Pristine. A-F-R-I-M-P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E because then you too can lick your phone when you see triple cream brie <laughs> on, your, on your screen. I almost did, Afram. I did. Will you please hug Courtney for me? I will. I will. And I thank give you, you the so same much. and I can't wait to talk to you and see you thank soon. Thank you. Okay. This thank you. so thank much you. fun. So see much ya. fun. Cheers. And so that brings us to the end of another hour of culinary conversation. I hope that I made you hungry, and I do hope that I satiated your appetite and fed your soul. Always serving up seconds at chefjamie.com. Please become a friend and a fan on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Chef Jamie Gwen. But don't go yet. Let me leave you with my last bite, my last ounce or tidbit of gastronomic inspiration for the week. Carrots are everywhere. You can make Parmesan roasted carrots and... We're seeing carrots in the air fryer and the oven, and I've even seen a toaster oven version, but I'll tell you one of my favorite things to do with carrots, the most and reasonably priced inexpensive vegetable full of fabulous flavor and sweetness, is to make creamy carrot soup. I like to roast the carrots in my air fryer, and then I make a simple soup with caramelized onion and garlic, a little bit of cumin for smokiness. You can use chicken broth, vegetable broth, or even water. I finish with some butter in the blender and it is actually a creamless soup that is ultra creamy and full of rich roasted carrot flavor. It's like the best carrot soup you'll ever have. And I'm posting the recipe now once again on social media at Chef Jamie Gwen. I will meet you here next weekend when there's lots more fabulous food in your radio. I thank you for listening. I'm Chef Jamie Gwen signing off and I hope you continue to eat well. Well,